Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. If you are new here, my name is Paris Brinkevich, and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness podcast, where we get into all things health-related. The primary focus of the podcast within the umbrella of health-related topics is mental health and mindset. I began Crooked Illness as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for starting Crooked Illness stems from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I decided to start Crooked Illness to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. I offer my perspective on the work I've done and how it inspired me to begin this podcast. Along with this perspective, I also speak about my personal experience with mental health and how I use those experiences to help educate, inspire, and motivate others. I really enjoy doing interviews and connecting with people who also love to discuss and learn more about mental health. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or to my email of crookedillness at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Crooked Illness. As you guys can see, we are going to be getting into how to think unbroken today. And this episode actually has two meanings that stem from the title. So I'll be getting into that in the episode when I introduce you guys to my awesome guest this week, who will be sharing his story with us and also the company that he has that is called Think Unbroken and more about the details behind that, the creation of it, what it means and the messages involved in Think Unbroken. But I am very, very, very excited about this episode because the conversation that I had with this guest was so incredible before we recorded this episode. And then I also made an appearance on his podcast as well, where we dove into my story also tied to the common themes that will be brought up in this episode right here. So when we get into what it means to think unbroken, we're going to be talking about mindset, a lot of mindset work, overcoming trauma and difficult moments in our lives and how my guest went about doing that and also the different things that he experienced and what those moments have taught him. And also we are going to be getting into the lessons that stem from these moments. And I think it's so powerful because it, it also ties back into the stigma related to mental health and also asking for help when we are struggling, when we aren't doing well, or when we're just not feeling our best and how to overcome that stigma, how to defeat that stigma and how to tackle in a way that allows us to move forward towards the life that we've always wanted, towards the life that we've always dreamed of, but have for some reason or whatever reason told ourselves that we are unable to have. We are unable to talk about these struggles, to ask for help. How do we step outside of that and into what we really, really want. So that is something that he's going to be sharing with us here in this episode. And he drops a lot, a lot of good tips. And I can't even condense them all because 
it, it was just so many. So um, you guys are just going to have to go, go ahead and get into this after this little intro here. But I really want to wanted to record this like I do with all my episodes, just to kind of give you guys a little preview of what we're getting into this week. And of course, that is all tied to the things that I already brought up. And that is what um, me and my guests are going to be talking about. And some of the questions are going to be going back and forth between the two of us and just kind of uncovering what this really means to think unbroken. And he um, actually answers that question. So I'm not going to get into the details behind that. But I just really wanted to record this and let you guys know that I think this is such a great episode. It was so much fun having this conversation and being able to bring this to you guys. And I hope that you take something away from this, something that has been said by my guest or by myself that adds value to your day, adds value to your life, and is helpful to you in some way. And if you find this episode very helpful, go ahead and recommend it to somebody else to listen to and also have them pull some lessons or some value from it as well. And like always, I hope that you guys love this episode as much as I have loved putting it out here into the world for all of you. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Hello guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Crooked Illness. Today's episode is titled How to Think unbroken. And this is what we are going to be diving into today. The name of this episode has two meanings that will be discussed with my awesome guest today, Michael Anthony. Michael is an author, international speaker, coach, podcaster, advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma, and the founder of Think Unbroken. I'm excited to have Michael here today to share his story with us all and what his company, Think Unbroken, is all about. So without further ado, welcome Michael to the podcast. Hey, I'm super stoked. Thanks for having me. It's quite the introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm happy to have you here because we um, actually just got done doing an episode for your podcast. And now I'm having you come on here and talk about this topic, dive into it with me. So before we go ahead and get on into that, I would love, because you have such an incredible story. So I really want to highlight that too. So if you could just give us a nice overview of who you are and tell us about, tell us about your story. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the elevator pitch because I can summarize that in about four minutes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I grew up in Indianapolis. My mother was a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, she actually cut off my right index finger when I was only four years old. You can kind of see that if you're watching on video. My my stepfather was super abusive. Like the dude you pray is never your father. He just kicked the shit out of my brothers and I, super demeaning, belittling, all of the worst things about humanity. And that's baseline, right? This is at six years old. Um, I was growing up in the Mormon church, found our, we were often homeless and impoverished. We were the poorest family in the poorest neighborhood in the city, really. Um, and, and finding myself living with all these different families while being homeless. And, you know, our food would come from the church. Our clothes would come from the church. And, and you know, imagine this being eight, nine years old, stealing water from the houses next door because we were so poor, we couldn't afford to pay the water bill. And that's in America, that's in the 80s and 90s, like that is real life. When I was 12, my grandmother adopted me, which you'd think, well, that's a godsend, but so I'm biracial, black and white, my grandmother, super racist old white lady from a town in Tennessee you've never heard of. And so 
by the time that I'm 12 years old, not only I've done with all the trauma, but being the outcast, being homeless and poor, you know, I started doing drugs. And the first time I got high, I was 12. The first time I got drunk, I was 12. And the next thing you know, that became my life. And I got expelled from school when I was a sophomore in high school, luckily got into a last chance program, but I was running with drugs and selling drugs and carrying guns and breaking into houses and stealing cars and hurting people. And, and that so much was just within the nomenclature of what I understood to be from where I was from. And I didn't graduate high school in time. I found myself in summer school and it's really impossible not to graduate from my high school. It was, it was called a dropout factory by Harris Polls, which makes it one of the worst high schools in America. And I still could not graduate. And wow. I was thinking to myself, what is the solution here? Like, how do I create change in my life? And everything pointed to money and I'm from poverty. So that must be the solution. But I knew that I couldn't stay the route that I was. I couldn't keep running from cops. I couldn't keep selling drugs. My three childhood best friends were murdered. My family's in prison for life. My friends are in prison for 10, 15 year sentences. I skated through somehow, call it dumb luck. And I said, I'm gonna make $100,000 a year legally. And, and that was very much about how do I learn to navigate corporate America? And so I made the declaration by the time I was 21, I was going to do that. And when I was 20, I landed a job working for a fortune 50 company. And not far after my 21st birthday, I got my first check for $10,000. And I spent it all immediately because obviously, <laughs> and, and the thing about money that, that you don't understand until you actually have it is it only exacerbates who you are. And it yes. was led to this place of excess, more drugs, more women, more clothes, more cars, more everything. And, and, and I found myself at 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep and literally burning down everything around me. And I had this moment, I woke up one morning, I'm laying in bed, it's 11 o'clock, I'm smoking a cigarette, eating chocolate cake for breakfast and watching the CrossFit games. And I'm like, what in the hell is happening to your life? Shortly after that, I have this moment where I'm, I'm standing in front of the mirror. I'm looking at the reflection, this fat, round, jaundiced face. And I was just like, from this moment, you're going to do whatever it takes to create the life that you want to have. Because what I didn't understand is, you know, when I was young, I remember this moment vividly. It was burning hot August, Indiana summer day. And our water had been turned off again. And I took this little bucket and I was stealing water off the spigot of our neighbor's house because that was going to be our water. And I said to myself, this is not going to be your life. And in one aspect, it wasn't, right? Because I've had success and I had you know, women around me and cars and, and all these things. But the other side of it was I was hurt and I was destroyed and I had no self-esteem and no self-belief and had no idea what love meant and found myself in this juxtaposition of a crux of being like, what are you going to do? And that was 10 years ago. Today wow. I'm sitting here talking to you. That's, that is incredible. Cause I remember the very first time I heard your story, it wasn't from you. It was actually, we connected on um, I think potted or some, some kind of podcast matching app. And I got a message from you kind of talking about, you know, everything you just outlined right there. And I remember sitting there reading that and just thinking that, you know, I had to have a conversation with you. I had to have a conversation with you and have a talk with you about, you know, how did you transform your life? How did you overcome those moments? What lessons did you learn from that? And, and what did you do 
to really work through that unresolved trauma? You know, what kind of, what was that process like? Because I know before we get into Think Unbroken, what was it like for you to um, just grow, grow in yourself and to do that work within yourself and on yourself and whatever all that looks like? What was that process like? Well, I mean, it was daunting. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because up until that moment, I had no intention on anything except money. And when I decided that I was going to step into taking the healing journey seriously, you got to understand this. I started going to therapy when I was seven years old, right? But I learned how to tell therapists what I felt like they needed to know because on the backside of those conversations, they would tell my parents. And like, that was a fucking nightmare. And so I learned to distrust people very young. And I was going to therapy even in my early 20s, but it was like the the thing to do, right? I moved to the most affluent neighborhood in Indiana. It was voted as the best city in, Indi- in the country like four times. And, you know, everybody drives Mercedes and takes prescription drugs. And it was just like that lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was going to this therapist every week, like having this conversation where I'm paying him hundreds of dollars and, and like just lying. And I sat with that. I was like, this is not a solution, man. Whatever the fuck is going on here, you're going to have to just totally reverse engineer this. And so part of it was the mental health game, right? How do I go to therapy with intention? How do I put myself into personal growth and a personal development journey? How do I start reading all the books? And then it became, okay, I'm going to end up being the only civilian in a room full of PhDs and doctors who are getting continuing education while just consuming because I had to know, I had to understand. And then the other side of it was so much about my physical body, which I, I don't think I talk about enough, but I mean, I had to get myself off of cigarettes and from drinking myself to sleep every night and from being high from the moment I woke up to went to bed and losing 150 pounds. And your brain and your body are connected and they're not separate. And if you wanna heal one, you have to heal the other. And so now I'm in this deep journey of effectively just redoing everything. But every single moment, every single day was difficult because the thing that people don't tell you is that, and and I believe this to be true, we are the sum total of all of the experiences of our life up until this moment. And that means everything that happens to us informs who we are. And what I understood about myself at that time was you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're not capable enough. Nobody loves you. Obviously look at your fucking life. And then I had to reframe that. I had to learn to grow and to heal and to love myself. And, and the thing is, I also had to leave Indiana. I had to look at my environment and measure it and go, okay, this is not going to be the place where I need to be. And now it's been almost six years since I left that place. But I I look at those moments and I go, you have to put yourself in a position to be uncomfortable because obviously what you're doing doesn't fucking work. So do something different. And then it was just really about continuity and accountability and forcing myself into doing things that were hard so I could discover who I am. And it's still a struggle. It's still a journey. No day gets easier. And I have my routines and I have my habits and I don't break them for anybody. And every single day is about showing up for myself so I can be a high performer and so that I can live up to my own expectation. Because one of the best things that we will ever do is learn that the only measurement for success of any capacity in life is you versus you. Mm-hmm. Wow. You, you just brought up so many 
incredible points right there. Just, you know, especially the, one of the biggest ones too, that I think you just brought up right there was the relationship between mental, our mental self and our physical self with the, with that work that you did there and losing 150 pounds, getting off the cigarettes and also taking yourself out of the environment that you were in and also having the awareness to recognize like, Hey, like what I'm doing right now is not working where I am right now is not working and making changes. And I love how you also bring up that point of being um, continuously doing those things, continuously having those habits and not breaking them for anybody because you know how important that is and how, how much work and how difficult it was to even make this a reality, to even create the reality that you're living right now, going from where you were to where you are in that transition. And I think that, you know, that's just amazing that you, because I feel like that's also not talked about as often either. Like, at least for me, I don't really hear too much, too many um, discussions about, you know, relating our mental health and how our mental health can affect our physical health and how our physical health can affect our mental health and vice versa. And then when we start making changes, you know, like getting off um, drugs, getting off alcohol, getting off cigarettes and looking at what we're eating, looking at what we're drinking, um, exercise, all these, all these different things and how they play a part in helping us move forward or helping us stay stuck or helping us move backwards and, you know, falling deeper into this type of black hole mentality. And I just think that's incredible that you were able to do all of that, especially with, you know, with, with facing all of the different things that you did so young in your life and coming out of that and like, and saying, you know, also bring up that point of you versus you. And highlighting that because I think that is such an incredible message to put out to put out there. But I would love to hear about Think Unbroken. I really, really want to get into this conversation because I think what you're doing is absolutely incredible. So I would love to hear, you know, just tell me what is Think Unbroken and what led you to creating it. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what led me to create it first. I. I was putting out information. So about five years ago, I just started putting out information into the world. And I was like, this is what I understand about myself. This is what I understand about the science of trauma. This is what I understand from that book I read or that workshop I went to or that course or that thing. And it was just a blog, right? And it was under a different name and it wasn't this. And then it was slowly turning into, wow, I love that. I resonate with that. People would reach out to me and say, this changed my life or the way that I think. And then it turned into, this is saving my life. And then it turned into, can you help me? And, and that was never my intention. Like I didn't sign up to be the spokesperson for childhood trauma. I don't even want the fucking job to be honest with you. But the reality is like, I think sometimes the universe leads you to this place and you need to run with it. And so anyway, about three and a half years ago, I was just laying in bed one night and I was thinking, sorry, I hit the mic. And I was thinking about these moments in time where I had just been called broken and it had been in relationships or from my own parents or from teachers even and peers and everyone around me. And society labels you at broke as broken if you come from a different background, if you don't fit the status quo, if you, for whatever reason, have mental health ailments. And I just was like, I don't understand this. I don't get why people do that because that's not me. That's not my understanding. That's not what I think. And like a 3 a.m. moment, it was just like think unbroken. And it just kind of transformed and turned into what it is now. And so fast forward a few years and I've written a book, 
about my baseline understanding about childhood trauma and the impacts and ramifications of it and implications of it as an adult seen through the eyes of someone who's been on this journey, but it is not a self-study. It is not my story. It is a manifesto, if you will, of understanding and correlation with doing this deep intrinsic work of reflecting on what you're learning. So it's part book, self-help, and then the other part of it's a journal. It's meant to be written in, and then it's meant to become, came back to again and again. And then I created the workshop. And I've traveled this workshop all around the world, Singapore, Thailand, Bali, Seattle, Portland, LA, and as a five-day in-person workshop that I just kind of took my understanding of the things that were most palatable for me, and I put them together and I said, I wonder if this will help other people. And and it's been really beautiful and powerful and potent. And then there's the one-on-one coaching, which is really the moments in which I see the most change in people's lives. Because coaching is about, for me, how do we take our shared experiences as human beings and help elevate each other through creating a reframing and understanding? And look, I'm the first to say, I used to think coaching was bullshit. Like that personal growth shit, get that out of here. That is garbage. You'll never see me in a room jumping up and down, celebrating, talking about it's my time or my power, blah, 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 right? That's (laughs) the dumbest thing I've ever thought in my life. Because let me tell you this, when I decided to get serious and I stepped into the personal growth journey, I started reading Tara Brock and Vessel Vanderkirk and Pete Walker and Tony Robbins and Brendan Burchard and Mel Robbins and Marie Folio and like all of these people. And I got deep into it. And And I started going to conferences and I started going and being around the people. And what I understood that really changed my my thinking about it was that that thing, that personal growth, those rooms of those people, if I was judging it, it's because I was being ignorant. And what I was ignorant of was the fact that if I'm always the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. And so I had to recognize that I don't know everything and I certainly do not. And, and coaching for me is about how do we take the best parts of what we understand about the world and have a conversation with someone and then help guide them through their goals. And, and I look at it like this, you are the general manager of your own life. I am simply on your team. I am not going to change your life. There is not a damn thing I'm going to do that's going to make your life better. But maybe I can give you a reframing of understanding of what possibilities mean. And then can I give you a roadmap? And then can we create accountability to stay that roadmap? And then can we go down the path until we reach the goal? And my favorite moment is when one of my clients messages me or calls me or we have our last call and they go, Michael, I'm good. I don't need to do this anymore. Because unlike a lot of people in this industry, and there's a lot of fucking snake oil salesmen, my goal is to get you the fuck away from me. I don't want you to be my client. I want you to go live your life. Yes. Right? And, and ultimately, that's what it is. And, and Think Unbroken, is it's so much of in its infancy. It's just starting. Like I'm five years into this, but I made a declaration when I did it that I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. So in 50 years, it'll be elevated and different than what it is now. I absolutely love that. I love it. I love it so much. And I also love how you explained what Think Unbroken was at the beginning is talking about reflecting back to being called broken and being called broken in terms of different relationships or just having that word um, directed towards you. And then like you said, having that thought, you know, 3am in the morning of 
think unbroken and just how you framed that and kind of how it stemmed from that thought and just the, all of the things that you've been able to do with it. And you said five years, and I think that's absolutely incredible. And just all of the things that you've done, the things that you're offering, the coaching, the workshops, the podcast, the book, all of it, because you're continuing to put this message out there. And like you said, you know, you're not going to be the one, you know, when you're talking about coaching, you're not going to be the one who's going to make these uh, drastic changes in people's lives, but you're offering a um, reframing of whatever that may be that they're stuck on or feeling like they can't come out of or can't change. That's what you're offering. And I think that's so amazing that you, that you just phrase it that way because it, it is so relatable. And also the point you brought up of the personal development, right? Cause I, I definitely relate to you a hundred percent. Cause I remember the, the first conference I went to, I, I was like, this is so weird. This is like, but like, what is this going to do for me sitting here watching people come up on stage and, okay, you know, I, I used to be homeless. Now I'm like a multimillionaire. And I'm like, what is this going to do for me? And, I, and it was because of the way that I thought, the mindset that I had at the time, I was very, very closed off to things, to opportunities, because I was kind of stagnant within my own struggle and unable to come out of that because I was continuously telling myself that I couldn't face that. So that brings me to my next point related to what we're getting into with Think Unbroken is the mindset the mindset aspect of that. So I would love if you could talk to me about the power of mindset and the role it played for you in overcoming trauma. Yeah. I mean, mindset is everything. I mean, it's literally, you can't see it. It's in front of me. I look at it every single day. There, there's no question. Like once you get this and this aligned, your, your head and your, your heart aligned, you're, you're unstoppable. But when we come from these backgrounds that say, you're not good enough, strong enough, capable enough. And then when you repeat that to yourself and that becomes your mantra and your moniker, and then you start to believe your own bullshit, what happens is you find yourself at rock bottom saying, how did I get here? Well, it's easy. You got there because you were inundated with a really poor programming from people who were supposed to bring you up but didn't. You got there because society tells you that's where you're supposed to be and so you listen to them. You got there because of your own choices and your decisions. I'm all of that. I've experienced every bit of that. And the one thing that I know is once you start to get that little glimmer of a twinkle of an idea that says that there's something else, man, possibility becomes huge. You become limitless in what you can do. And initially mindset wasn't the word I had for what I was or what was happening in my life when I was like in that transition. It was stubbornness. Like I'm viciously stubborn because it was the thing that got me through, right? And what I recognized about that is like, you can be stubborn, but you have to have intention. You have to have direction in, in where you're going and what it is that you want to do and what you want to accomplish with your life. And in that understanding, it helped me frame that I got, you know, really what it comes down to is I looked at it and I said, this is not the person that you wanted to be. So why the fuck are you being this person? I was terrified of potential. That's what holds people back. They are terrified of the potential that they could actually become the person that they want to be. The Michael sitting in front of you right now is 
realistically a caricature of the idea of the person that I wanted to become manifested. Not entirely, because that will never happen. And on a long enough timeline, I'm going to die before I reach my full potential. I recognize that. But every single day, I continue to move forward. What mindset does, it's not this thing. Think, people think they can fucking mindset themselves into life. That ain't going to happen. But <laughs> mindset will give you the ability to step onto the path and look at actionable options and say, I'm going to execute against this idea until either A, I discover that it doesn't work and then thus that becomes a point in data, or B, I sit with it and I go, this no longer serves me, so I'm actually going to stop doing it. And, and that's about awareness. It's about acknowledgement. It's about accountability. It's about showing up for yourself, but it's also about creating who you are. What are your wants, needs, interests, and personal boundaries? Name your fucking values. Who are you? What is it that makes you who you are? Mine is honesty, kindness, self-actualization, and leadership. And then it ebbs and flows because there's one more because I'm always changing. But I know who I am. I know what my goals are. I know what my ambitions are. I write them down. I have fucking four notebooks on my desk for different areas of my life because I never want to be confused about the direction that I'm going. Mindset is that moment in which you take control over your life. It's not this magical hoo-ha thing that people think that they're going to go and lay in a fucking meditative stance for five seconds and things are going to be different. It's about making the choice to every single day, day in and day out, and especially on the hard days, to do what the fuck you say you're going to do, to be the person that you say you're going to be, and to build that. Because guess what? It's not going to get handed to you. And yes, it's so fucking hard that it's almost impossible to do. But just because I have the glimmer of a hope of an idea of possibility, I move towards it. That's what mindset is. That's incredible. I, I just love how you bring up the point of, you know, taking back control of your life rather than letting your life control you. And that's kind of the, the biggest takeaway message that I, I personally gained from, you know, mindset work and all of these different things and personal development and, and really trying to continue to learn and grow as a person and, and form, form good habits and, you know, learn more things. And I just think you laid that out so well. And you're always so well-spoken with all of the ideas that you always articulate to me, all the tips that you share and just the messages that you bring forward with all of this, because, you know, I, I really agree with that first thing you said at the beginning of this was, you know, mindset is everything. Mindset is everything. And like you said, it's, it's not something that we can physically see. Um, it's not something that's like right there in our faces, but, you know, it's something that we can develop and we have control over, over that, right? Over whether we want to, um, want to work on our mindset, whether we want to shift our mindset, whether we want to learn different things, whether we want to stay the same, we, we ultimately are the ones who have that power over that. And sometimes I feel like we forget that in moments when we are really struggling, in moments when we are not doing well, we start to feel like there, there isn't anything that can be done. But I like the fact that you know, like, like you said, from this day, moving forward, we are the ones who are kind of in control of where, where we're going to go with, with that piece, because, you know, mindset is huge, huge. And especially for, you know, tied, tied to your story, tied to think unbroken and everything that you're doing, really being able to continue to do, to do these things and to deliver all of this to people. And to even tell your story in the first place is having that mindset and really continuously working on growing that and just continuing to get better. So I would love to ask you from all of this, 
this work with mindset that you've done and shifting your mindset, what has been the greatest lesson that you have learned from doing this? Let me, let me say two things first. I think this is okay. really yeah. important. People often hear me and they go, that guy is aggressive. He's too intense. Not for me. Let me say this. I am more compassionate to myself than anyone on planet fucking earth. But that doesn't mean that I don't go hard. Right. And I think yes. that people have to step into this and understand that shame and guilt do not get a place at your table. And you are not culpable for the things that happen to you, but you are responsible for taking the trash out of your front yard, especially if you didn't put it there. And so can you do that with grace and hope and compassion? Because let me tell you, there is a space for intensity in this. You have to be, you have to be relentless, but you also have to be kind. And the other part of it is to your point, you know, you are going to fall down. You are going to have moments when you falter. That is human nature. And the very first thing that's going to happen is you are going to revert to old behavior patterns because you have not yet reframed those. And even 10 years into the work, I still have mine. I still have to work through them. And that is why having the tools and building those are so incredibly important. And more so not beating yourself up when you do fall down, because I assure you as much as the sun will rise tomorrow, you will is that what you need to do is look at that as a point of data. Can you sit with that and look at it and go, okay, I can extrapolate something from this that can make my life better. Now to answer your question, the one thing that I would say is probably the most profound that understanding that I have in all of this is that it's okay to ask for help. Growing up, not only being a man, but a man of color in a completely impoverished neighborhood with a stepfather who would beat the shit out of me to the point where he would say, if you cry, I will hit you harder. And learning how to turn off entirely made me robotic to the point that I was terrified of the idea that I could ask for help because it's a sense of weakness. There is nothing on planet earth more important than being able to leverage help. No one no, I, I'm, uh, prove me wrong, please. But no one has ever done anything great on their own. And to think that you're incapable of asking for help, that's that old programming that's been instilled in you from people who want you to fucking fail because they're too scared to reach their own potential. There is no question that I would not be who I am without leveraging help time and time and time and time again. Even sitting here asking this, having this conversation is because of asking for help. Hey, I have this story. Can you give me the space to come and share? I see that you do this thing. I need your help, right? And that's across the board in everything that I do in all of my businesses and all of my coaching and all of my life and everything is about leveraging other human beings because we are people that are communal, if we were meant to be alone, I would not be talking to you. I would be super great just living in my lonely, perfect little life. But that's not who we are and that's not what we're made of. And this idea that we live within a society that labels help as weakness is asinine. And the only way we're gonna change that is you're going to have to decide to make it okay to seek support. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. And it doesn't make you weak to ask for help. In fact, I'll argue the latter. If you don't ask for help, it makes you weak because that means you're not willing to be vulnerable enough with the world to put yourself out there to say, I don't understand something about myself and I want to be better. 
Oh my goodness. That, that is huge. That is huge right there. And I, I so love that you brought that up of, you know, saying that that was the most profound lesson or whatever it was that you pulled out of all of that work is knowing that it is okay to ask for help. And because that's really what I really, what I love to do here on Crooked Illness is kind of as through different people's stories, pull points out, out of it that relate to stripping away the stigma, eliminating the stigma. And I think the, you know, this always brings me back to this point of, you know, oftentimes when we struggle with asking for help, it could potentially be due to the stigma either that we have attached to the experiences that we've had, or that has just been there through society or been, been been there through experiences that we've had, the environments that we've been in. But I think that that is such a good point right there is that being vulnerable and putting yourself out there and saying, Hey, this is something that I'm dealing with, or this is something that I'm struggling with. And I would like to learn how to deal with this, come out of this, whatever it may be, however you want to phrase it. And that is better than sitting there and, you know, continuing to live every day in this, in this place of not feeling good because of feeling like you can't ask for help, feeling like you're, you're never going to be able to, and almost, almost like it's not even a possibility because I think that is one of the most beautiful things that we can do as, like you said, because we're communal, you know, we weren't made to all be alone and just live in our own bubbles. And this is just how life is because I completely agree with you on that point, because, you know, when we're able to ask for help and able to encourage other people that they can ask for help as well, I think that will make will actually do the work towards helping with eliminating the stigma that is often tied to struggles with mental health, struggles with mental illness, any kind of struggle with trauma, loss, grief, pain, whatever it may be, helping like make that less, lesser and lesser is when we're letting people know that this is a, this is a thing that you can do. You know, it's okay. Everyone, everyone has struggles at some point, some moment in time in their life where we all have had challenges with our mental health in some capacity. So, and I also agree with you too, that it's, you know, like just the way it is, it can be outlined out here that asking for help is seen as a weakness is crazy because, you know, if we continue to sit in what we're dealing with and to sit in that alone and feel like there's never going to be a possibility then where do we go forward from that point? How do we move forward from that place, from that struggle into a life that we desire or into a life that we have always dreamed of? How is that going to be a possibility if we, if we aren't able to have anyone know what's going on inside of us, what's going on inside of our mind or how to connect with people on a deeper level? So that's just such an, such an incredible incredible piece that you just brought up right there. And the last thing that I want to ask you today, Michael, is if you could give any piece of advice to your younger self, what would you say? Um, you know, it, it varies, I think, day from day, uh, day to day, I should say. Um, immediately, the thing that would come to mind would be more responsible, be more responsible with that money that you had. Because I, I, I just wasted, I was living paycheck to paycheck making six figures. That makes no sense. But 
the responsibility in that would have been like, do something better with it, right? And having intention around it. Because I think that, you know, we live in this weird society where it's like, make all this money, but then don't tell anybody about it, but then also don't do anything with it, but then also feel guilty about spending it. And, and you know, my relationship with that, especially in, in my early 20s, you know, was very much on the wrong side of right. And thinking that I was like trying to do things the right way, when it was like, you know, I, I could have really influenced the world in a better way. Now, that said, lesson learned, data point, great. I know something about myself. And so now it's like, I do everything in my power to pay it forward as often as I can. I love that. I love how you bring up that point of something that you have struggled with in the past, but something that you've, a lesson that you've learned. And I love that whole, the whole data point thing that you bring up of having that be a point, but being able to pull something from that and use that in your life now and, and, and take out, take that lesson that you learned from that moment, you know, of that responsibility with money, you know, what can you do with that today? Like knowing that, yes, you know, in the past I didn't do these things, but now what can I do about it? I think that's such a, such an incredible thing to do with so many things in our lives. There's so many moments where we look back and say, oh my God, that was terrible or that sucked or, you know, like I did this thing that didn't work out and just being so hard on ourselves and beating ourselves up about it. But what can we take from that? There's, there has to be something that we can pull from this that could help us in the future, help us move forward in some kind of capacity, some kind of way. So yeah. I think Failure that is- only ever happens when you don't learn. The yes. only time you're ever going to fail in your life is when you don't. And look, and you can fail. Like I fail every day. I'm going to make a fucking another thousand mistakes to get, right? That's mm -hmm. fine. But look at it and, and consider what can I take away from this? How yes. can tomorrow I be better than I am today? I love it. Oh my goodness. You guys, you hear, you heard it here from Michael. Such, such amazing, amazing tips, amazing advice, such a powerful, powerful story. And definitely check him out. Tell the people, where can they find you? Yeah. So I'm on all the social medias at Michael Unbroken. The information for coaching and a lot of the courses that I do is at thinkunbroken.com. Um, you can check out the book, Think Unbroken everywhere. And if you can't afford it, go to the damn library. It's free. Um, no excuses. And then finally, the Michael and Broken podcast, which I release twice a week, which is everywhere as well. Yes, I love it so much. Oh my goodness. Such, such a good episode. I cannot wait to put this one out there. And you guys listening, whether it is the daytime or the nighttime, I'm going to end it here on this note and say goodbye to you guys. And also goodbye to Michael. And thank you for coming on Crooked Illness today. So bye, Michael. Thank you, my friend. All right, guys, that is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed creating it. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to talk about becoming a guest or to share your thoughts on this episode with me, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email to crookedillness at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at crookedillness, or you can message me on my Facebook page at crookedillness as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to Crooked Illness.